Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Dungeons and Junkies presents Escape from Ulvan, Episode 42 The End of a Dream. Why, hello there, everyone, and welcome back to my terrible yet wonderful, yet sometimes beautiful, sometimes disturbing homebrew world of Escape from Ulvan. I am, of course, Chad. And I will be your humble dungeon master for this day, which means I am most everyone in this world, and the one pulling most of the strings. But I do need some marionettes out there on the stage to have fun with, so let's find out which four puppets we pulled out today. Let's start with Carrie. I feel slightly resentful to being called a puppet, but also at the same time that's brilliant. Hello, I am Carrie, and today... I will be playing Virion Nevin, the Wood Elf Warlock slash Wizard. All love, sun fight. Currently sat between Damien and Wyatt, as presumably to stop them killing each other on the back of the dragon. Oh yeah. Mr. Virion, the sparkling one, playing referee between the angry ones. Why not head over to one of those angry ones? Caitlin! Hi. I'm Caitlin. I play, I, I play the angry one. Thank you. Trademark. Get off my territory, Wyatt. You little shit. I play Damien, who is an Air Genasi Warlock Shadow Sorcerer, who normally has a bird on his shoulder, but because of Chad, I don't have a bird right now. And I'm very angry about it. No bird for Damien. It's just the way of the world. Ah, uh, well, who's the uh, copyright infringing one then? Matt! <laughs> that would be me, I'm assuming. I am Matt, play- here by playing... Um, henceforth and forever, uh, Detective White Stanton, the human um, masquerading as a Power Ranger, um, who seems to have gone up and upgrades with his infection, it seems. Um, and is now getting fever dreams as well, so thanks for that, Chad, you absolute bastard. You're welcome. And finally, last but not least, the one who called the dragon that all four of our friends are riding on right now, Alex! Yes, I am Alex, and today the strings are pulled out Avery from the box. He is an Azamar wizard, part-time dragon rider, full-time cat owner, mostly time wizard. Oh yes, always gotta love a good time wizard. Fucking time wizards. But he is a time wizard as well now. That does lead us into a wonderful segue to get into a recap. So... Last time on Escape from Ulfam. The gang, finding themselves all together and finally ready to leave the band of Atomism's care, packed up all of their things and prepared to leave. Unfortunately, right before they could, they ran into the twin brother of knives, Vash, who had come to the pyramid 
as a ring that he wore had told him that his brother was passing, so he came to collect the body and take it back home. The party, the gang themselves, actually didn't really have any problems with Vash. It was a surprisingly wholesome interaction with nothing truly bad happening as the gang did finally head out from the pyramid of the Band of Atomism into the typhoon storm that is the outskirts of Ganymede, trying to make their way back through the flooded streets to make their way back into Ganymede Square. Unfortunately, the treacherous path was, as I just said, quite treacherous. So it took the gang far longer than they could ever, ever imagine until they found themselves in a farm storage building that had found its way to Ganymede and were attacked by a band of bullets led by a hobgoblin druid who, through getting his ass kicked, though invisible, the party still found him and beat the crap out of him before Wyatt almost killed him before he could surrender, giving over his whistle of obedience to Virion before escaping with his still four alive bullets, even though the party killed one of them, and he was quite sad about that. Avery then summoned his thunder dragon, and the gang climbed aboard to fly off through the skies to try and reach their next destination. But that is right where we will jump right back into... Because, Avery, I need to know a couple things. A. What is the flight speed of this dragon? B. How high are you taking the party? As there are buildings around this area, like, they're farther away, but you can see some of the buildings are quite high in Ganymede. They, you know, reach hundreds of feet into the air at some points. Right, to answer question number one... The dragon's flight speed is d -d 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 60 feet. Alright. And then and the second question. How high up are you taking the party? I feel like we'd be midway from the ground to the clouds, because obviously, for the one, you want to be off the ground a certain amount. But with how bad the weather is, so we'll try not to fly too closely to the stormy clouds above us. Make me a nature check real quick here, Avery. Think on its intelligence. Uh, 15. Avery, you've never really gotten into the whole science of weather or anything like that. Yeah, you can throw lightning bolts from your hands, but that's really all you've ever cared about. And so as you kind of take this dragon up and try to make it so that you're halfway between the ground and the clouds, you actually fly up a little too high. And you end up probably only a good 400 feet down from the actual stratosphere where this cloud, this supercell of thunderstorm is happening. And at this moment, I need nature checks from all of you. For me as well, or just so this free? Everyone. I'll say 17 to begin with. You let everyone out. Uh, if you're done. 
15. Uh, 14, 19 all in. I'm sorry, what was that, Damien? 15. Avery, you're the only one that notices this as you do get closer to this uh, storm cell, basically, that is now, as this dragon flaps its massively huge wings and roars, as you get higher up and you actually just kind of stare at this cloud bank, as you see a bolt of lightning fire off far in the distance, you see an actual pink kind of pulse go through this entire bank of storms as this lightning bolt goes off. And you see another lightning bolt go off, and the same thing happens. And as you watch this for a moment, and another moment as you're ascending into the sky, you see that every time a lightning bolt goes off, this supercell of this thunderstorm kind of encompasses energy throughout all of these clouds as this pink bolt of energy kind of transcends through it. And as you get to the zenith of your, you know, dragon's flight and you're to the closest you can be to this storm, as you see one of these lightning bolts go off, before you hear the thunder, you swear that you hear like a thunderous noise hitting from the top of this cloud, where it sounds like there's something pushing down on the top of it as this pink electricity kind of kind of disapparates through this entire cloud bank. As you all get up higher, though, on the back of this dragon, I need you all to make me a dexterity saving throw with advantage. I make one for the dragon as well. The dragon does not need to make this, as they are a blue thunder dragon and are not affected by the storms, as this is what they are basically made of. I got for advantage. Uh, 23. 24. That's 6 otherwise. 17. Well, I dropped the crit 1, so thank you for the advantage. DM. That's 17 for me also. Avery, you on the front of this dragon, basically grasping onto the kind of spikes that go down the spine of it. You, like, and having your legs across its massive neck. You don't even feel the just gust of wind that hits the whole party. Virian, you're blocked by the dragon's actual head as you're flying up. Damien and Wyatt, both of you on the edges of this dragon on either side of Virian, both of you feel this gust of wind hitting you like a cement block in the chest, and you feel yourselves actually slide about three feet back on the dragon before the dragon itself levels off and you can actually grab onto, basically, you're now both holding onto one of the back legs, almost the hip bone of this dragon, as you two slid about five feet back in this gust of wind. And as you reach this flight deck, if you will, of this dragon, you begin to go forward. You all can feel that this storm is gaining in intensity. As I just said that this dragon isn't even affected by this rain or this wind it's what it's built on this dragon you can see is still having to exert force to travel at its normal flight speed this is a thunder dragon who is fighting its own element at this moment as sheets and sheets of water pour down from these clouds above you drenching you and pouring so much rain almost pushing you off of the back of this dragon you all having to really dig your hands into these scales to hold on. 
but you may now begin to travel. Avery, where are you taking the party? I'm trying to remember the route we discussed because that was a while back in my memory. It's trash when it comes to this sort of thing. Which direction were we going in? Uh, I can resend. Come on. I will give you all the flooded path map real quick. And also, first of all, there is the main map of the outskirts of Ganymede that was given to you by General Calypso. And the flooded map will be with you in just a moment. Uh, while you're also on the back of this dragon, um, of course, the group chat is open if any of you would like to dis discuss anything while this is all going on. Caitlin, Kerry, do you remember which direction we're going in? Because Avery will remember, but Avery's intelligent unlike me, so I can, can't really remember which direction. We're going I can tell you which way, if you want me to tell you which way you were going, I really can. <laughs> Oh, I actually okay. didn't write it down. You were all heading south, and because um, if you notice, I just sent the flooded map. The only gates that you could be enter into for Ganymede Square is either the south or the east gate. Uh, you currently find yourself in the northwest portion of Ganymede. You were all heading towards uh, the X on Holland Drive to investigate one of the building collapses that was on the way. You can, of course, skip that. That is up to you. But that was what, before you were attacked, your guys' original plan. Yeah, we'll keep going to that exit, I'd say. That's where I'll have the dragon be taken us. Though, okay. I don't know how long we've been flying for, because I've only got an hour on him. Dragon lasts for an hour? Concentration. Cool. Uh, well, as you begin to fly south uh, towards the X and Holland Drive, I will once again need a dexterity save from all of you. This one just normally. Oh no. Oh no. Twenty-two. Ready. Plus three. Five. That was a important one. Wizard. Eight. Despite being a fucking egg and <laughs> As this massive blue dragon begins to flap its powerful wings and propel you forward through this storm. Another huge bolt of lightning uh, fires off a few miles away, but as this thunderbolt, like, kind of rumbles throughout this whole bank of storm clouds above you, suddenly the rain itself seems to solidify as hunks of hail begin to pelt down sizes from anywhere the size of a dime to up to a baseball-sized chunks of hail as you all begin to be pelted by this hail. Avery, Damien, you two, 
Avery, you focused on piloting this dragon through this massive storm. Don't even notice as this baseball-sized chunk of hail connects directly with your right eye and almost blinds you to your right side as you will take 20 points of bludgeoning damage. Damien, you trying to hold on to this haunch of this dragon as your hands are kind of dug into the scales. Two hunks of hail slam into your fingers and actually break three fingers on your left hand as you lose grip. And you also take 20 points of bludgeoning damage, but you manage to keep your grip on the dragon. Virian and Wyatt, you seeing your compatriots and Virian, you kind of having a weird love of the weather anyways, finding yourself looking up towards the sky, almost see these hunks of ice now catapulting towards you. And both of you manage to move out of the way, but smaller pieces hit you as you both also take 10 points of bludgeoning damage. And you now all find yourself in a massive hailstorm that for every 60 feet you move, you will be making this deck save. I think I'm going to get a bit lower, because we are a bit too high up. Sure. How far down are you going to dip? Don't get too close to the... How high up are we? About, about halfway. Yeah, you're about probably about 500 feet in the air at this moment. The stratosphere of this cloud bank is probably about 1,000 feet up. Let's get about down about another 200, then. So you're about 300 feet above the ground? Yeah. Uh, I also need a concentration save from you for taking that 20 damage. Uh, Thank you for reminding me. Oh, Oh, don't worry. I'm here for that. Uh, 14 plus 2. 16. You are good. The 20 damage half to 10, so it was only a DC of 10. The dragon continues to flap through. And as you kind of lower down, being farther away from this, you know, massive supercell of a thunderstorm above you, the hail kind of comes more sporadically. You can tell it's still hailing massively, uh, but you only need to make this for every two movements now. So as you begin to go, you're going to use the full hour and I assume land? Yeah. I feel like we should up my spell, fifth level spell slot, so we should get the most that we can out of this dragon. Uh, with that hour and fighting through this storm, you will be able to not get all the way to Mahalan Drive, uh, but you will be able to get to the building in the little triangle intersection. If you look at the map, you all see what I'm saying, or do I need to point it out? For yeah, yes, yeah, ugly me, yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, with that, then I will say with the dragon speed and everything like that, and saying you only have to make a roll for every two movements. I will just need three dexterity saves from all of you. And since you lowered down, these can all be at advantage. For advantage, because the other dice was all in single digits. Yeah, same, oddly enough. <laughs> but it started okay, and it got worse. 
22, 13, and 12. I've got a crit 25, a 23, and a 19 all in. I have... Damien's broken fingers are clearly not helping him. So I have a 16, a 12, and a 5. Because I get plus two, and that's it. I got the opposite to Matt. 16, 20, 21. I went in the opposite direction. Alright. Well, since you lowered, I will tell you, the first round of hail damage was 2d12 per hit. Since you lowered down said feet, it is just 2d6 per hail hit. And... I'm going to roll 66 right now. And if you rolled above a 15, that is a save. So you'll only take half damage. If you rolled below a 15, you'll be taking full damage. Okay, with a, I had one past you, pal. First round, first round, first round is six bludgeoning damage, or three, if you pass the first save. Second is seven bludgeoning damage, or once again, three, if you pass the save. And finally is five bludgeoning damage, or two, if you pass the save. Okay, let me double check with my... Uh, my boom... All my fingers on the left hand are broken. Yeah, you all, as this dragon, Avery basically turns over his shoulder and basically yells out, this is going to be a rough ride. And this fearsome dragon just basically uses this hail that's coming down almost as propellant as it's pushing off all of these chunks of air and you begin to just fly through and this hail is just buffeting all of you in your face, your arms, your hands. Right, so con saves. Chad, Three, I need to ask you a serious question, Chad. You got it, buddy. When we took damage earlier with the dragon, with uh, the lightning and everything, did I take lightning or thunder damage? No, no, that was all bludgeoning damage. You haven't taken any, Bang. it's all been hail damage. For that, because otherwise right now, I'd be dead. Yeah, you would, wouldn't you? Oh well. Uh, to metagame it for a second, what's everyone's HP looking like? One. Is it seriously? One. Okay. Thirty-five. Also thirty-five. Oh wow. This, okay. This is the big. This is the most gutting thing about playing a wizard is my HP is just trash. Alright, uh, uh, now I need those three con saves. Um, Only just 10 uh, okay. DC though, so. So, the lowest is an 11. 9 plus 2. The dragon uh, roars and manages not to disapparate as Avery, bleeding from multiple scratches on his face, manages to keep his concentration. As the four of you fly this dragon, zooming through the air as the rain and hail pelts you, the wind buffeting you left and right. You finally, though, 
come to land on this five-story tall building. A huge hundred foot by probably hundred foot roof you land on top of as this dragon sets down and just as they do, the hour ends and the dragon kind of slowly disapparates, setting you all peacefully down on this roof as the rain continues to pelt down with the hail, the thunder, the lightning, the wind. First thing I want to do is I'm assuming Wyatt's in pretty bad shape then. Yeah. Wyatt, Wyatt, he's in, he's in, he's in uh, several rounds with a treasure boxer. Yeah. Varian's just gonna awkwardly pat him on the shoulder and like be, you okay, buddy? And then use my healing pool to restore 20 HP. So that he's not on death's door. Thank you. How much do I get for that? You got 20. Yeah, that's. Thank you. Damien's going to swear, kind of find a flat bit of the roof, strain his fingers out, and just kind of crush them back into the right dislocation. Yeah. Just several crunches as Damien resets his fucking bones. Alright, uh, let's see how well you do this. You can either roll me a survival or a medicine check. You're, it's it's either are you trying to do this more like, you know, ooh, I know where these bones go, or are you just, I'm going to put my hand down and stomp on it to put them back where they belong. We call it medicine just because Damien's done this before. Because people have broken his hands before as an interrogation technique, and he's gone, fuck you, and stabbed them anyway. Oh, that is an 18. Damien, you manage to reset your fingers actually pretty quickly, and actually, amazingly, your hand feels pretty good right away, right after they go right back in. Almost too easily that they went back in, but you got your fingers all back together, and you can, once again, ball your fist up to shake at the sky. Well, but you all find yourself now on this huge roof. Uh, in the pouring rain, what would you like to do? Any, like, skylights or entryways that, like, they were on a roof door thing that nobody does. It's a way inside, yeah. Yeah, a way inside. That's the easiest way to find it. Uh, sure. Anyone who wants to look for a way inside can make me an investigation check. Twenty-seven. Fifteen. Uh, nineteen plus four. Twenty-three. I'm envisioning Damien's doing his fingers while staying there. It's fair. As Wyatt, you hear the sound of crunching and cracking, and you actually, without even wanting to, end up just watching Damien put all of his fingers back in place, because it's one of those things like a train wreck, and you just can't look away once you've started. However, Avery and Virian, as the two of you, even though just both looking like drowned rats at this moment with just the amount of water that's cascading and pieces of hail still hitting you indiscriminately every once in a while, but now you're low enough down to the ground that it's, you know, it's a more of an annoyance than actual pain as these chunks of hail hit you. You both looking around 
And Avery, you notice some skylights where you can see just gushes of water pouring down into this building. But as you keep looking across this roof and veering almost at the exact same moment, you guys were kind of like scanning in opposite directions. But both as you make your way looking at the northeast corner of this roof, you see what looks to be a like small standing hut and you can see a door and, you know, both being from a world that does, you know, have technology and things of that nature. And seeing this, you realize it's probably a staircase door. Uh, oh, Sorry, I had to switch tops for a second. What was that? Oh, <laughs> as we both spotted it, Avery just sort of like held up in her hand for a high five. Oh, very will do the high five. <laughs> you see a small high five between Virian and Avery standing on this roof. This uh, door that you can see, though, is probably you're on. You're probably about right in the middle of the roof, so it's a good you know forty feet from you right now. Start making my way there. See what. Make sure it's not a mini. I'm gonna make sure the other two aren't actively dying before we go over there. Sure. Uh, so, Virian, you're gonna go check on Wyatt and Damien. Avery, you're heading towards the door. Yeah. Sure. All right. Uh, Avery, you make your way across the roof and get to this door. Are uh, you gonna open it, or what are you gonna do? I mean, this building seems pretty abandoned, so I think I'll just slowly open the door and poke my head in just to see what it is. Avery, you reach down, you grab the gold handle that's on this door, and as you twist it, the door handle turns easily, and you... The door creaks open in this rainstorm, and you look into a stairwell. It seems to be going down. That looks clear. Certainly not fussing over the other two a little bit. Viren's trying to shoo them both in the direction of the door. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Um, look, Damien, are you okay? Crunch. Yeah. I put the last finger in and I'm like, yeah, that will help you. That, uh, I've seen a lot in all form. I've never seen anything like that before. That was equal parts horrifying and impressive. Uh, Damien and Virian, give me a quick perception check. <laughs> oh no, my fingers are falling. <laughs> Stop fucking with my routine, I can feel like I'm cheating. Uh, 25. 26. It's a different place, that one feels too good. As you both are staring at Wyatt as he's talking, you see multiple scrapes and cuts that are all across Wyatt's face actually just close up by themselves, as these wounds that Wyatt seems to have just heal themselves. Okay, maybe we should talk about that at some point. But, well, 
Oh, the um, the the healing stuff. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. While I hold up his hand, this is where Damien stabbed me over that. Completely healed. Veron seen some, I guess, Eldritch horrors in his time, but just watching someone's face heal itself is really something. To measure it slightly, I'm picturing in my head like when. When David Tennant healed himself after the radiation in Doctor Who finale. <laughs> I was imagining a slightly more horrifying when you squish plasticine together and seal it. <laughs> whatever, that's why okay. theater of the mind is the best, folks, because whatever horrible thing your brain cooks up is what I am glad that's what you think of when you listen to us. Damien kind of looks at why it cocks his head side and he's like, maybe don't announce. Maybe make sure you fight that if we ever get captured, because there's a lot you can do with a, with the torture victim that can regenerate that easily. We'll note, we'll make, we'll note that I still it still hurts like hell. Oh, bad. Just the wizard doesn't mean I'm better. Yeah, but the p- capacity to inflict more pain is always noted. I will keep that. I'm actually, Matt is actually right there, he's actually. Don't tell Damien, otherwise he'll fucking kill you. The fact you have to write down, don't announce my own healing properties, makes me both equally happy and also equally sad for you, man. I love you, man. But that, well, oh, because recently I've been listening back to Blade in the Dark and Caitlin just absolutely rose me for not writing down the smoke screen. <laughs> None of you wrote down the fucking smoke screen. <laughs> yeah, but, but <laughs> I was I took both bullets for that one. And rightly so. Right. So Avery stands at the door of a now open stairwell. The other three of you find yourselves about 30, 40 feet from him. What's up? Well, I think I'd be like that doorway. He was gathering. Once I know they're approaching, uh, just as a precaution, I'll um, draw the adamantium blade and start to make my way down the stairs. Just sure. in case something comes up. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you can make your way in. Uh, make me a perception check there, Avery. Virian, Damien, uh, are you guys heading in as well? I'm just going to scan our surroundings before we go in, because I don't want more mole beasties popping up or something. Sure. Uh, definitely, you can either make me a perception or an investigation check. Is there any light inside the doorway? No. Yeah. Okay. Varian, what are you doing? 17. I think Varian's going to do that thing, where you walk a few feet away, but then you turn around because you're clearly waiting for someone else. Uh, well, if you're going to wait with Damien on the roof for a moment, you can also make me either a perception or an investigation check if you would like. Okay. Avery, uh, as you begin to walk down this stairwell, uh, your boots kind of echoing off these concrete steps as you go down a kind of rotating, descending stairwell, just like that you would find in any like large office style building to give you an idea of what this looks like. And as you make your down your way around one solid rotation flight of stairs, you find yourself at a door 
uh, that says level three. Oh, I hear it. If I put my ear up to it, do I hear anything behind it? Uh, make me an investigation check. 19 on the dice. So, costs 9. 28. Uh, Avery, as you put your ear up to this door, you only hear the sound of rushing water. Might as well scout this building just in case I'll just like open the door. So, so I open the door and poke my head in. As you open your door, open the door and poke your head in, Wyatt, you actually make your way down the stairs and are now, you can see into this area as well. And Avery, as you do this, you open it up and you see multiple, uh, like half walls everywhere about you in this huge open, just kind of floor plan space. And you can see chairs and desks and everything strewn about. And then as you look a little more, you can see massive gushes of water coming in through skylights that have, that's what the sound of the rushing water is from, as two huge jets of water are just pouring through the ceiling and have actually bored their way through the floor. And you can see as you make your way a little closer that they actually have broken the floor, destroyed it so much that they are now pouring through to the lower floors as well. Well, I can see... I can see that it's gone through every floor, is it? Uh, yeah, you can definitely see that this bore of water from these skylights has actually bored its way through all three floors and is now you can see the water on the bottom floor is just filling into a pool. stairway and wait for them by the door. As you make your way back out onto the stairwell, you see Wyatt making the final turn and standing on the stairs, not more than, you know, five feet from you at this moment. Okay. Yeah, just a lot of water. The room for the vent that I did There wasn't enough room in there because it wasn't there for to rest in like a non wet area. Oh, there this was there was a vast open space. There was multiple desks and half walls. To give once again, just to metagame this, this looks like a huge office space where this was clearly just cubicle upon cubicle at one point, wherever this building came from. It was a office building. And so there are multiple half walls kind of blocking things off, except for the probably let's say the southwest corner and the uh, northwest corner are where these two skylight uh, holes have formed. So there's two huge uh, massive holes in the floor over there. But the uh, east side of this huge massive area is dry and safe at the moment. It's a little dumb, but there's spaces in there that we can use. That's it, Okay. Tyrion, Damien, what'd you get on those checks? Seven. Thirty. 
Virian, you do find yourself just you like give a cursory glance around, but then you're like, I'm just gonna wait for day. I don't I don't wanna look at anything. Shit's been just rough and you kinda just hold your spell book for a minute and just clutch it tightly to yourself as you're like, Come on, Damien, let's just go inside. And Damien though, as you look around and kind of make your way closer to the edges of uh, this massive roof, you look out as lightning bolts just crash down from the sky, illuminating everything for a few seconds at a time. You see nothing. You see a roving band of some kind of creatures, but not moving anywhere close to you. You see them all the way back up on the roads, kind of moving away from the water. As you look off the backside of this building and you see what used to be a road, now just a huge rushing river of water that's just cascading down what used to be a road. But you see nothing living about you. Close to the building, at least. Listen now. So we should go in before we drown. Forgetting that Damien doesn't need to breathe for a moment. It's a void. And probably still waiting for Damien a bit, Virian will make his way inside. Started absolutely bucketing it down. Hmm? Two of you make your way across this roof, and as you do, the storm has picked up even more intensity, and you both feel as you're walking through the storm to metagame it, your speed drops to five feet per round as you're trying to make your way through this torrential rainstorm and this blustering wind with bits of hail kind of cascading against your face, and you realize if you moved any faster, this hail would be causing actual damage. But you make your way across this roof into the security of this stairwell as you close the door behind you, and for the first time now in the past hour, can feel a moment of dryness as you are actually in an enclosed space. And as you look down, you can see Wyatt standing a little farther down on the stairs, and you can see him staring. You don't know that Avery's standing right there, but he is. But you're now all on this stairwell. Ding dang. Towards what? Hey. Hello again. Seems to be not too bad in here, from what Ape was saying. Um, but there's some water damage in here, but in general, we should be getting rest in here. Good. Varian picks up his long braid and just rings it out. Can I kind of... I mean, I have stuff in my bag that I don't use. Can I just kind of wedge the hammer I have in my backpack in like the door lock? Just so people, if people try and get in, it's going to make a lot of noise. Sure, are you talking about the roof door or are you talking about uh, going down to level 3? Uh, the roof door. Just 
that seems to be the easiest point of entry. Yeah, definitely. Um, make me a sleight of hand check. And you know what? You can do it with advantage. I'm sure Damien's done shit like this before to try and keep their neck safe. What's my neck? Uh, yeah, Damien, you kind of uh, wedge the uh, back side of the hammer, which I can't... The teeth of the hammer, we're going to say. I can't remember what it's actually called. I know it's a name. Claw? Like a four, claw. claw. It's claw. There we go. The claw of the hammer uh, into, like, the wood as it's kind of a little warped and wet anyways. So that if this door opens, it's going to knock this hammer and it's going to fall down all of these stairs, just making a whole hell of a racket as you then turn back around and make your way down the stairs. The claw. Once everyone's accounted for, A3 was going to everyone head inside. God, it's nice. Here we come and here we go. Huh? No, who was saying who would go? Kind of I'm on Toy Story. Mm. <laughs> Alright, uh, so you're all heading into level 3 then? Yeah. yeah. Alright. Uh, you all find yourself on an office floor. Stood around by multiple little half walls and little desks and chairs. Other kind of knickknacks and other things strewn about. Uh, papers and things of that nature just everywhere. Except for, as I said, on the west wall, you see these huge, huge, just gushes of water coming from the ceiling, almost making like water cannon kind of water, just borrowing its way through these floors. And you can hear far below you, multiple floors below you, you can hear it hitting like just a much larger pool of water. I'm going to cast Prestidigitation on myself, first of all, so that... I don't end up getting sick or something from being wet and cold. The sparkly one is completely dried and once again immaculate as they stand on this ruined office floor. I'll do the same because Thurian's got a perfectly valid point there. Don't look at it. Avery, even though he has a massive hole in his chest and Basically, no heart to speak of. Still worried about catching a cold, also cast prestidigitation on themselves and dries off with more of a shing instead of the glissando kind of noise. So, Sylvie gets it for a little bit, puffy like. Uh, but yeah, you now all find yourselves here on this office floor. Um, this is clearly a spot that you can all rest if you would like. You do realize, looking at the map and getting here, that you can definitely make it to that uh, building that was collapsed on Mulholland Drive within the next day. Um, is it possible to reconfigure some of the uh, deaths, etc., so we've got a bit of proof from each other? Because I need to change out of these guys. Sure. Oh yeah, th these half walls are probably a good seven to eight feet tall, and oh. over on this east side of the wall, they're mostly all still intact. 
So there's multiple little cubicle areas that would give you complete privacy. And uh, you and sort of like erects his tent at a, at a makeshift door so he can get changed. Sure. Uh, make me a perception check with advantage. Perception. With advantage. Nineteen. Why you begin to peel these soaking wet clothes off of you. And as you pull off your shirt, you see the inside of your wrist uh, where now the communicator slash wristwatch has formed. And you see the inside of your wrist and your veins just being solid black. And you follow the trace all the way up your arm, past your elbow, through your bicep, cascading through your shoulder, before stopping directly in the middle of your chest. Where my heart is? What heart? Bitch. <laughs> yes, where your heart is. Where my heart would be. Okay. So, that proof that if people needed that, it, what, it completely... Everywhere, basically. Okay. Uh, healthy mind that I'm far from healthy. Okay. Right, right, will uh, start really like put his arm outside of the tent, sort of thing, and just ring out as much water as he can from the boat. And it's like from the top to dry. <laughs> Wyatt, you do feel the minute that you kind of just, you know, strip down to, you know, your bare self. As you do, you almost feel your body almost like steam for a second as you suddenly feel yourself completely dry. And you stare at your wet clothes, but you do see for just one brief moment bits of steam come off your skin as this water that was covering you just seems to disapparate. But what are the other three of you doing? Varian's probably in like the classy fellow he is, is just sat cross-legged on one of the desks at the moment. And looking over at Avery and Damien. Sorry, my brain like just blanked out from there. Who am I? No, it's more the fact I nearly said Varian. I was like, wait a minute, I'm Varian. <laughs> just looks over at those two and is like, do you two want to rest and I'll take the first watch or something? If you wake me up, then when you're ready, I'll take over the next one.
prosper to sell me to go keep fearing company. Alright. Um, so with that then, uh, Avery, Damien, are you going to go take a rest? Concentrate on the dragon again, pouted by the um, hail. Avery could do with the rest. Alright. Uh, are you guys, I'm assuming, going to just go find your own cubicles to stop up in, or are you just going to lay out right there? You know, just kind of, you know, move like one cubicle over from where they're in keeping watch, but once they'll be nearby, who's ever going to be longer than Cool. Uh, Wyatt, what are you doing? Um, I'm guessing we're getting into a long rest situation. Um, I'm not allowed to um, do a download and rest at the same time, am I, DM? You are not. You could take a short rest if you want to burn hit die to uh, regain health that way. If you'd like to use half of your time to try and do a download. I think that to the download, I think I've got I've got enough to keep me going for the time being on the, the, the download. So I'll take the full long rest for that. Uh, I would like to change up my equipped ranger mode though. I will think I'll, I'll message you which ones I'm going to. Go ahead. You may definitely do that while in your long rest. Okay. Well then, uh, Damien, Wyatt. You both can take a full long rest. And Avery, I think you only need the four hours anyways that it would take. So you can also take a full long rest. I I will, though, need from all of you, because even traveling on that dragon, it was still rough. I will need constitution saving throws from all of you. And because you traveled on the dragon, the DC is lower than it was last time. Eighteen. Um, Fifteen. Avery, flying that dragon and being pelted by that hail, all of the exertion that it just took on just everything about your magic and trying to fight through that and hold that dragon together to help all of your friends. Friends is a loose term. But you still did it. And with that, unfortunately, the wear and tear on your hole in the chest body, you will have one level of exhaustion going forward. The other three of you with day 15 DC did manage to survive and Though your bodies hurt and are cut up, well, sands, Wyatt's, you feel like I can fight on for another day. Virian, you find yourself now on watch for four hours. Uh, where are you going to take up this watch? As you look about this level three as most offices don't have because they are soulless constructs that are made to break the normal human being. There are no windows around you at all. 
Suppose we've got the hammer wedging the door shut at the top. I'm gonna go out and just very, very slowly start making my way along. I guess the rest of the staircase a bit? Just to see what it looks like then. Over on the dirt one. Sure. Uh, so you want to go down another level? Yeah. Cool. Alright, uh, make me a perception check. That's number 18. The sound of cascading water like a waterfall gets even louder as you make your way further down this winding staircase. And you make your way to level 2. And as you look further down the stairs, you can see not more than another flight and a half of stairs. The water is filling this entire pipe of this corridor. But you can see that the door to level two is kind of slightly ajar. Well, that's unsettling. Besides, I lied to myself, just looking down all the water. But I'll go and peek into level two's office. Sure. Uh, make me a perception check. It's a crit 26. A six, isn't it? Yeah, it is a six. Virian, you kind of step forward to the landing right in front of level two's door and kind of push open the already ajar door. And it doesn't even creak. It slides open perfectly easily. But you look out. If the floor above you was mostly intact, the water on this floor below has done so much more damage. The cubicle walls that were here before seem to have just been soaked and are beginning to just meld and disintegrate into just chunks of like plywood and carpeting and other just pieces of that kind of stuff. Desks are broken in half as these two huge gushes of water that are coming from the roof as they seem to go through that third floor hole that they bore seem to almost gain intensity and spread out more as almost the entire west side of this floor has now been completely destroyed and has just been completely dissolved by this cascade of water. And as you look over, you can see probably about not more than four feet down, a pool of water has just formed in this building as being a soulless constructed office space with no windows at all and doors that actually sealed from the inside. The bottom floor has just become like a pool as it slowly keeps filling with all this water that is pouring from the roof and you kind of just stand on this ruined office floor. I think very I'll just keep watching it for a few moments. So, with everything that's going on, it's just nice to have it like a quiet moment to yourself. Even if it is slightly concerning that the building does seem to be drowning. Before he's going to make his way back upstairs and reclaim his perch on the desk. It is almost like watching waterfalls as these currents of black water with just 
the pink lightning that goes off outside being the only really illumination that ever happens. So sometimes these currents of water almost have a pink glow to them as they just just pouring down, destroying everything in their wake and filling this massive first floor as now a pool. And Virian, for a moment, just takes a deep breath in a calming little meditative state, staring at this water for making their way back upstairs and reclaiming their perch on the desk as Sylvie the cat kind of hops up and wow before hopping into your lap and curling into the tiniest ball. Smooth like cats. But yes, can I quickly, Damien, can I have your choice a wisdom saving throw or an intelligence saving throw. I made the mistake of going to sleep, Lord Norton. Uh, we'll go wisdom because I'm proficient in wisdom saves. As in 6 plus 6, 12. Damien, you closing your eyes in this area close to Virian, who you do see kind of walks off and heads down the stairs for a minute. You closing your eyes and trying to get some rest. You close your eyes, but immediately find yourself staring at white walls once again. And this time you can feel that there is no movement at all that your body can do. You feel that your every joint, every bit of your body is strapped into something as you can't even move your head as all that you can do is move your eyes about and you flick your eyes to the right and you still see Julius sitting there on that perch in a just clear bubble, not moving at all, but there and seemingly okay as you just stare around at these white walls and just pure white, nothing descript about them, as suddenly you just hear a and suddenly your eyes are closed and you feel sleep take you. Wyatt. Wyatt, as you get yourself into a different set of dry clothes and not even actually dry because being in the rain, everything is damp. As you put the clothes on, though, you feel once again that kind of like steam feeling as these slightly damp clothes seem to dry themselves and you lie down in your sleeping bag in this cubicle and drift off to sleep. You once again find yourself as you wake up, your face lifting from the table of the Shake Shack, as you once again find yourself alone, sitting around in a huge restaurant by yourself. Um... My things I did last time, as in age and everything, 
you look down at your hands and you see your now morpher shifted into the wristwatch. You see the blackness of your veins and as you look down at your hands you realize, no, you're yourself as you are now. Right. I will um, get up from the table and start to have a little wander around and again make sure no one hears sort of thing. Um, but um, <clears throat> as I'm making my way towards the exit this time I will um, I will uh, press the button on the morpher to uh, ask for a, uh, a schematic to see how accurate this is. Sure. Uh, first of all, can I get a perception check from you? And then can I get... Hmm, let's say... Say a sleight of hand check. That sounds fair. Uh, it's a 13 for the first one, and sleight of hand... Um, 10 all in. Wyatt, you walk around calling out, Hello? Hello? As you look about and no one's in the surf shack and shake shack and no one's, there's not even any burgers on the grill this time. It's just completely silent and empty, hauntingly empty as you make your way around. No signs of life anywhere. And as you finally resolve that no one is there and make your way towards the exit, you lift up your left wrist and as you reach forward to touch a button on the communicator, suddenly it, a black goo appears almost as a mouth and latches onto your hand as you begin to just feel this black goo encompassing your whole wrist as you can't move your hand as it just holds it there. And everything about this communicator just begins to just black goo covering every inch of your body before it just moves up your chest and makes its way into your mouth. And you and you just wake up once again in the cubicle covered in sweat. Um, well, I would probably wake up screaming. I'm not going to do that for everyone's fancy, but do you want me to record that later to send to you, Chad? Sure. Uh, Virian, uh, you hear the screaming coming from Wyatt's cubicle. Avery, I know that you are still functional while sleeping, so you also hear it. Damien, I don't know, do you think you would have heard this? I mean, it depends on... It kind of depends on what state Damien's in after that weird thing. I mean, I'm going to say you don't wake up. You are the only one who doesn't hear this. Therians immediately run to Wyatt, because people don't scream like that unless there's something wrong. Just bust open the cubicle. Just... Did you put your name in the goblet of fire? Harry! <laughs> Uh, 
Yeah. Why? Why? What's the massacre? Ah. I. Had a nightmare. That hope of a nightmare. Varian's just gonna mm. sit down next to it. What's about? I had a similar one before. We didn't get a chance to talk about it properly. Um. That's when. I, oh, oh, this is when I kicked you, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I apologise. That's. That's okay. Okay. I'm. I'm grateful for it. I dreamt I was back home. Angel Grove, where I come from. Never heard of it. I'm 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 not too sure I wouldn't have heard of where you came from, so I don't I take that offense to that. Um it was it it's a beautiful town. It's on the, on the west coast of America. It's packed all sort of colours, you know, it's a, a very pleasant place to be. In fact, Wyatt pulls out his book, pulls out a book from the library and points to it, a certain pic, a certain picture in the in the encyclopedia. That's what it looks like, actually. To be fair, it's amazing. However, it does tend to be the target of alien attacks on a regular basis, hence the Power Rangers. But in my dream, the first one when you kicked me, I was a kid, as I was at the time, but there was nobody there. But then in the in the dark part, it was the ground sort of cracked open, and then like a tidal wave of that black goo was poured out, and it was like a tsunami taking me back to the good part of Angel Grove and that's when you woke me up. Um, this last time um, I woke I woke up in Angel Grove uh, as who I am now with this armor thing and I uh, I went to touch it to see what was happening around me and uh, the goo basically grabbed my arm out of it, went up my body and into my mouth. And then I woke up screaming. Erin doesn't say anything for a moment, but there is just a look of utmost concern on his face. Right. Yeah, I'm a. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the goo telling me something because I've got to admit the uh, the the, uh, the night the night terrors are not um, a nice balance for the heels quite quickly sort of deal it's not good as much as I'd like to tell you don't worry it's just a nightmare I doubt that's the way to it in this place but you should know that you've been here a lot longer than I. Mm, unfortunately. Yes, unfortunately. Um, Vivian, I'm not going to keep secrets from you, Avery and Damien, anymore. 
it, it's counterproductive. I did that once for too long and well, I've got blades in the hands of my covers. So. Moon's just going to do the shoulder part. Like. I don't know why it stops talking at the, at the, at the shoulder part. Feels kind of nice. Like I don't know if the uh, I don't know the reason why the view hasn't already killed me, transformed me, whatever. I'm wondering if maybe my mother protected me from that. Possibility. Because I know in one of these in all farms. Maybe the morphic grid keeping me alive. Maybe we can try and find someone who might know more about this. Maybe. I haven't got that far to the beauty yet, so there may be someone in there I could You never know. You never know. But anyway, I appreciate you. How are you doing? Okay. As well as can be expected. And um just going to make some tea. Would you like any? Please. Strong. I'm afraid I don't have any milk or anything like that. Um where I come from we tend to drink it just as is. That'll be fine. I'll take it how we come. Aaron will make tea for them. Brings a cup back for Wyatt. Wyatt will sit. Avery, you've been awake for this entire thing as well, and being only probably one cube away from where Wyatt was, you've heard it all. So it's up to you if you'd like to do anything about that. As Virian and Wyatt sip tea. Nah, he's not going to that moment. So, what better than that, he'll just give his cat some attention. As you pet Sylvie, you kind of get that ping in your mind as the four hours have passed and you've regained all of your health and spell slots. And Virian, you also realize that as you sip tea with Wyatt, that your shift has ended. Okay. I can say to Wyatt, you don't mind, I'm just... I'm going to sit back and tell Avery to take a lunch so I can sit down again and Go rest. Ahead. Go ahead, no problem. No problem. I'm not going away. Oh. Graham will get up and take his tea with him. I'll find. Well, I'll go and find Avery first. Any chance to the swap? I just. Want to rest for a while? Sure, my my brain clock went off anyway, so yeah. I'll take it. Thank you. And 
since I guess as an elf I only need to trance, I'm going to go perch once more on my desk, sit cross-legged and trance. Right. All right. Uh, well, Virian, you can then use these four hours to regain your health and anything else you have used. Avery, what are you going to do here? As I said, there are no windows. Um, so when that's intrigued Avery for a while, um, obviously he was a bit out of it when we first got to the hospital, so he didn't really pay much mind to it. But... But when Bart wanted to show his authority, he messed with one of the runes on Avery's arm and it affected Damien. So he wa he doesn't want to activate it, but he wants to like investigate it, see what's going on with it, whether it's like magical or what, what the fuck is it basically. Sure. Um Why don't you give me an Arcana check? At disadvantage because first level exhaustion. Correct. But I will use a knowledge stuff. So that gives me a d6 on top. So roll. Come on. Three disadvantage. That's not good. I mean, hopefully that doesn't... Hopefully Damien doesn't suddenly get up and start choking. Um, I've got two 12s on the dice. And a 6 on the knowledge dice. And with expertise, I have plus 13. So, um, 12 plus 13 is 25 plus 6. So, 31. Avery. You kind of, as you see Virian make his way off into his little cubicle that he had kind of designated his own, crosses his legs on the desk and kind of just zones out. You walk out and kind of just make your way out onto the floor of this third level of this office building, kind of just kind of staring at these, you know, pillars of water that are pouring down. And you begin to stare at your adamantium arm and begin to kind of work out these ruins as best you can. As you, you begin to, as you try and reach deeper and deeper to try and figure out what these ruins are, you more and more realize they are in some old script that you don't understand at all but as you stare more and more at these actual runes, you, while not being able to read what these runes are for or what they are doing, you begin to very much recognize the writing and how they are scribed into this arm as a very symbolic kind of script that only one ever used as Quinleth always finished every one of her runes with an extra bit of 
just the slightest longer cut of every one of the runes because she believed that it gave them more power. So while not being able to decipher any of these runes at all, none of them even registering to you in some sort of tongue or language that has either never been seen by you or long since forgotten, the actual script of them fills your empty chest with dread as you stare down at it. I think Avery will head up to the roof, get some air, and punch the ceiling with his adamantium arm in anger. Look, realizing what this, what these runes are possibly related to. Avery, you storm your way back up the stairs, past the third level, all the way up to the roof, your adamantium arm grabbing the door and ripping it open, not even noticing the hammer in it, as the hammer literally, with so much force of you ripping open the door, like a bullet actually just launches itself and locks into the wall as the claws dig into the wall behind the door and you storm out onto this just cascade of water on this roof as this just pelting rainstorm just douses you immediately as you stand in the middle of this roof just filled with what are you filled with right now avery mix between like fear to be honest and utter anger Avery probably once reaches the middle of the roof just drops onto his knees and then begins just punching the ceiling in anger as None of you are awake at this moment. None of you hear the sound of this adamantium arm just beating against the ceiling of the room you are in. As thunder and lightning just cracks around. As Avery sits in the middle of this room just screaming at nothing and pounding the ceiling. But Virian... Yes... You find yourself cross-legged on this desk, trying to calm the torrent, just the torrential thoughts that constantly cascade through your mind about everything you've done and everything you could have done and everything you've never done and everything you might not do and everything you will do and everything you might not do and everything you should do and all of these things just constantly running through but knowing that you're actual body right now is breaking down and you need to get some sort of rest. You cross your legs on this desk and let your mind just fully go. And as you disappear into your trance, you're drifting through nothingness. And this is 
not normal. You know, dream when you trance. You're an elf. This this is just four hours, and then you're done. But you find yourself actually drifting and drifting. Not in even darkness. More just there. Almost a gray bland area as you drift and drift. Or you look ahead of you and you see a bright light. A warm, glowing, bright light. And it gets larger and larger. And it's just filling you with this warm feeling as you get closer and closer, drifting towards this light. And as you, this light expands closer and closer to you, and suddenly you hit it, and like a sun, you feel this intense heat, and it almost burns every inch of your skin for a second before you are once again filled with just this wonderful warmth. And suddenly your eyes close for a second before you open your eyes, and you find yourself sitting at a gorgeous patio table, yourself sat on a fine cushion, and you look down at this table in front of you, and you see bits of fruit and other appetizers sitting in front of you, a cheese board, as you look about and you find yourself in a beautiful garden, and you can see the sun is set at that perfect point at about six o'clock where it's not warm anymore, but it's still giving the perfect light. And you look down and you find yourself in your finest clothes and robes and just feel a just immense feeling of happiness as you sit in this chair. Well, this, uh, well, this, this emotional session has been fun. I must say. The DM is back there, must but Virian, you find yourself at this table. What do you do? Do I recognize this garden? Making a history check with advantage. Uh, with advantage, what is it? I don't know for that. It's twenty-two. You've been to this garden. You were at this garden the first time where you made your pact. You were brought back to this garden after you survived the aquarium. You know that you are in the only garden that has ever, ever been this beautiful in the history of time. Is it just me here, then? You find yourself seated at this table and lifting your eyes from this beautiful uh, arrangement of different appetizers and such. You look over and you see an empty seat across from you. Hmm. 
Crossing Baron does is just. <sighs> just talking out loud to himself. Why am I here? Can you make me a perception check, please? Uh, 17. Mirian, as you kind of just say these words out loud, from far behind you, you hear the slow clicking of boots walking towards you. Right! Virian, you hear the sound of boots clicking against stone coming from behind you. What do you do? Of course I turn around to see you. Virian, as you slowly turn and look over your shoulder, inspecting the beautiful one that is Dantelion in all of their resplendent glory, no matter what form they may be taking today or how they're looking, just you know what the beauty you are about to see is as you look over your shoulder. And as you look over your shoulder, instead waiting for you, you see in all of his glory, Taryn walking down this stone path in a beautiful long green cloak mixed with gold inlays as he walks with his arms crossed behind his back, a large smile across his elven face. And he just walks down this path closer and closer to you. The reason you're in a place like this isn't there. Taryn doesn't open his mouth at all, just smiles as he gets closer and closer. Varian gets to his feet, but otherwise he doesn't really move. Taryn makes his way and stops on this little stone circle where this table is sat at and he stands at the edge of the path and he looks at you. Well, Master Nafim, so glad to see you could make my brunch. Please, sit, sit. I know you love this garden. Varian's visibly, like, for lack of better term, bristling at being called Master Nafim, because, you know, he's not a child anymore. But hey, it's probably fine. And giving Taran probably a slightly dirty look will sit down. Yes, this garden is important to me. And as you sit down, Taryn moves faster than you've ever seen him move and immediately tucks your chair into the table very courteously and 
Yes, well. And once again, so quickly is suddenly across from you at the table in his chair, tucked in, just staring at you with a knife in his hand, cutting a piece of smoked salmon off for putting it on a piece of brioche toast. Well, I thought that it might be time we speak again, Master Nathine. Really now? Why, yes. You see, as he takes the crustini with the smoked salmon on it and takes a chunk out of it very daintily and just, hmm, so wonderful the food here. I have decided what you owe me. And, fun fact, I've already taken it. What what do you mean? Oh, Master Nafine, don't... Don't try and play the ignorance here. You are... You are smarter than that. Please. Look at where you are. You know what I've taken. Fuck, bastard. (laughs) Oh, that was me. trying not to start panicking though and it's an immense effort on Virion's part well he said you wanted me to suffer you weren't kidding (laughs) oh master Nafine suffer you think this is suffering as you see him reach forward and he picks one of the grapes from uh, one of the like, large, plump red grapes. <laughs> Suffering. You haven't even begun to suffer, Master Nafine. And now, as he squishes the grape in his hand, and you see, as he squishes the grape, a golden image of Dantelion draped in thousands of chains, holding in all of their wings and different forms, and you can see Dantelion, like, shifting and changing and trying to fight against these chains, but these thousands of chains just tighten and hold against him as Terran holds his fist in the hand. Now, I am everything to you. I... I'm going to make you so strong, Master Nafine. <laughs> you're going to survive. And you're going to wish. You are going to wish so much that I would just let you die. So please, please, Master Nafine, enjoy this wonderful brunch I have prepared for you. I. 
I, I digress. I lie. I had our wonderful host, Dantelion, prepare this for us. And I will continue to have them prepare my meals and serve me everything that I need. As long as the three of us are together. So please, please, Master Nafine, I know. I've seen your darkness out there. You're, you're dealing with a rainstorm and your precious hair and sparkles can't handle it. But here it's sunny and the food is wonderful and it is warm. So enjoy your time. I believe you still have a few hours before you must wake back to the real world. As once again, he cuts another huge chunk off of a smoked salmon, places on a crostini before very cockily, just taking a chunk out of it and giving you another wide smile. Well, I guess this is why you turn on the damn loaded guns. <laughs> Varian <sighs> doesn't touch any of food or drink. He's just reeling. He's still just trying to process everything that's just been said to him. Because yeah, he does he does understand what's just happened. But He's known since the time he and Cal went on a little mission that he owed Taran. And that honestly seems like so long ago now. He knows he owed Taran for saving their lives then. And yet, some part of him didn't quite think it would come to this. But then he knows, once again, he's been a fool. I've always kind of had it that Varian's not an idiot, but he is a fool. He's going to spend a lot of his time just staring into space. Picking out his thumbnails, and I guess the best way to describe it would be someone with anxiety would do. A half an hour passes with just Terran eating this wonderful array of food, and you just picking at your nails before Terran finishes this full smoked salmon, an entire smoked salmon himself, and looks up at you. Oh, what? Not not in the mood for a nice brunch? Did they not prepare it well enough for you? And you see him raise his fist, and once again, the image of Dantelion appears with these chains, and you see these chains actually glow, different golds and blues, as they rip into the skin, and you hear Dantelion just 
<laughs> Apparently, you didn't prefer the meal that our guest would have liked. And they haven't had a bite at all. You know the punishment. And you see Terran once again grip tighter as his fist. And you see the chains just grip in and just cinch in closer and closer as this visage of Dantelion just begins to scream in agony and pain. Well, I guess none of this will do. And you see Terran raise his other hand that isn't in a fist, and as he does, he kind of waves it over the table, and all the food on the table just rots. And just begins, flies, begin to buzz around it. If you will not take my hospitality, then, Master Nefine, I guess we will just have to deal with the tumultuous relationship that we already have. So then, I guess, say goodbye to the garden and enjoy the darkness, Master Nefine. Before he smiles and gives a quick clap, and you snap back, and you're immediately woken from your trance, sitting on this desk. As disgusting as it would probably be for everyone else, the first thing Varian does is anxiety attack vomits over the other side of the desk. Full on vomit. Yes. What side of the desk am I on? Not that side. <laughs> Avery, you have stopped punching the ceiling and it finally come down and you definitely hear Virian just vomit everywhere in the cubicle. Okay, this will be fun. I'm going to go over and see what's happened. What do I see? Different vomiting. Attack elf vomiting? It's the one of the few times in the entire time, and by few I mean possibly the only time that you don't see the sparkle about Virian as you watch them just vomiting over the side of this desk on all fours at this point, just on this desk, vomiting over the side. On this side, there's probably not that much of it, because Virian rarely eats. Avery doesn't realize what Virian's going through, so he'll put like a hand on his back, just trying to Shouldn't have come to it for a second as he continues to throw up. Varian. Sorry, you first. So I say, Varian does flinch at your touch, but. He's. He's shaking. Like, shaking that hard that he is all but vibrating. Ignoring the vomit then. Um, is he not vomiting at this point? Yeah. The person only has so much vomit in their system. I, I know. Elves probably just have more than people though, because elves do more of everything than Albert races. That's what I get anyway. 
Um, trying trying to get them to try and see what's up with them. Hey! Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! What's wrong? It's... Viren's just sat back up. And here's the thing. Even in his state, he remembers Taran saying not to mention Taran to the wizard. Fucking chest. That's fucking terrifying. Right, we are fucking fighting him, that's why you make my voice suffer. Here it goes, just gonna come charging <laughs> through the wind, through lightsaber in hand. Ah, smash! Oh. Pushes Chris and Matt to the side and walks down the altar, challenging Chad to a death match. You're an evil shithead and I love you for it. But yeah. Because he knows the trouble is, if he even if he defies Tyron now and mentions the whole thing, everything's just going to get even worse than it already is. It's... I can't. It's just sat back now, and Avery seemed very scared at this point. But this is like a whole new level of terrified. Every time Varian's been scared since the new little gang got together, he's always managed to be able to pull through it. But this is... He's the wreck in this moment. He's just staring off at something that isn't really there. I know we haven't met each other before, but you can tell me something as well. <laughs> that's the that's the thing. With this I can't. And he'll turn to look at Avery. And he's smiling. It's a very unhinged smile. <laughs> but it's there. I can't. Could learn things worse. Have we ever not been in a situation where we choose not to, where we choose to face it head on? Avery, please do not take this the wrong way. The four of us have come this far together. I do trust you. I absolutely cannot tell you. Things always get worse, but... This... This is something else entirely. If you ever want to talk about it, I'm here. Those of us here. 
whatever we have to do to do it together. and just kind of curls up in on himself a bit and just goes back to staring at the wall he's still shaking he's not no nope. i think at this point everyone's seen varian cry at least once but he's gone a bit beyond that now it's like one more knock will probably shatter him He's just silent and staring at the wall. Two things. One, would precipitation clean up vomit? For this situation, we will say yes. Yeah, so I'll just get it out quickly. And number two, I know. And number two, I know it's not my place. But do I feel anything off about Virion's magic? I've given the description for this before. I just feel like with like 30 years of studying magic, it's just innate to feel it without even trying. You're talking to an elf who is older than you and has been practicing magic just as long. Make an arcana check. I, I get this advantage, to be fair. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think that's going to be high enough. 7 plus... Oh, fuck, 13. Uh, 20. You feel Virian's magic as you've always felt it. It's, if anything, there's just a... I guess... Virian's magic is always sparkly and radiant, if you will, as this kind of just pulse of radiance comes off of Virian now, though, there's just that weird little twinge as you do feel the magic of maliciousness. And it's probably not even from, you don't even know, it's from Virian himself, but the magic itself, like, while radiant and just golden and powerful, there's just that twinge, that dark little crack. Hey, Virian. Make me a perception check here at advantage. Um, with advantage, that is a 22. You definitely know that Avery just scoped up your magic. Did it draw any reaction from Taran? You hear a very deep giggle. <laughs> <laughs> just echo through your entire body. Please. I know you only mean well, but don't ever do that again. The hopelessness has just been replaced with, like, blinding anger now. I don't know what Avery already walked off to his face. Oh, she's yelling, or he's yelling this at your back. Like, you, you, like, got to turn your back to Virian, and as you turned your back, Virian 
spouted off with this sentiment. It's that quick of a little reaction. So I don't turn around, I just give him a nod from behind him. Walk away, give him some space. Right! But at this point, everyone can officially have their long rest and get all their stuff back. And uh, we'll progress those final four hours uh, until the next morning. Uh, I mean, it's still a blinding rainstorm outside. And you haven't seen ever a sun besides when you're in Ganymede Square, which is a fake sun. So it's hard to say what morning is, but eight hours have passed. And Sans Avery, all the other three of you, are rested and fully ready for travel. Avery still has a point of exhaustion. Um, DM, I have a cryptic question for you. I'm here. You'll know, the, you'll know what I'm talking about, the other one. You've received a list of what I've decided to enable, yes? Yes, I have. The one I haven't used before, uh, what, um, CR? Uh, no. What level is everyone right now? Ten. Level ten. Well, with that, we will say CR five. Oh, <gasps> thank you. Half a level. I think is a fair way to do it. I can't wait to put this one out. <laughs> there we go. Alright, uh, but all of you wake up after tumultuous evenings, to say the least, for all four of you. Uh, but you now find yourself once again here on the third level of this office building. The just cascade, just pillars of water pouring from the roof, destroying more and more. As you wake up after these eight hours, you see that more of the floor has been just dissolved by this pouring water as the actual roof itself has caved in a bit more from the uh, skylights. So there is actually bigger pillars of water coming through and it is getting deeper and deeper. And as you look down, you can see that the first, the second level now actually has about six inches of water on it as well. Why well, I gonna go looking for more teeth and doing? Varian's still picking at his thumbnails. He's probably torn them by Barbie now. They are probably bleeding at this point. Varian, are you okay? I'm absolutely fine. Never better. Um, I, I'm not gonna cry, but if you need me, I'm here. Um, I was just wanting to have more about me than tea. Baron takes um, insanely deep breath. And here we go. And Bruce and tea. And I'm gonna say, just because of how many years of experience Varian has had brewing tea, 
everything, it, it still slaps. It's absolutely fire. Absolutely brilliant. Why I've had, like, yeah, think of it like more like the Happy Shopper tea. Most, for the most part, at Ganymede PD. So this is like the Rolls Royce of teas. This is like Twinings or something. Oh, absolutely. Why is is his absolute element with his tea? He's like, oh yes, <laughs> I've converted Wyatt's tea, <laughs> herbal tea. Maybe he's OT turtle. You never know. <laughs> Maybe. We're going to make tea for Wyatt, and for once in his life, he actually doesn't make any for himself. He's going to speak to everyone else. Are we ready to go soon? I'm, I'm good to go when the others are. I'd like to be out of this building sooner rather than later. There won't be much of a building left. It's disappearing under also quite rapidly. Yes, well, as much as I don't need to breathe underwater, I don't particularly like spending much time on Are we walking or are we asking a supervisive a winged escort again? Well, we're going to... We're trying to scout out this location on the way, so... I say we walk today, because... Okay. Right, so it's much interesting. No, okay, yeah, I, I want to make sure you know knew what was happening. Scoop Silly back into the hood of the cloak. Yeah. And she nestles herself in, she doesn't want to let him. I think we'll need magic anyway, this building's pretty high up. And I don't know how well the rest of you swim underwater. Not to speak in a metaphor, so if any of you have further thoughts, that would be great. What, keep meaning to take that at some point, if I can. Just given how often we find ourselves high up, it would probably come in handy. Oh, I do have it, just in case you do need it. Yeah, it's just, I'm trying to think, how are we going to get off the roof? Avoid. Before we go, Viren's probably unpacked and repacked all his things about three or four times at this point. Just anything to avoid stopping.
I mean, Damien actually does... Damien whittles when he's, like, stressed. Because it's playing with a knife, but also doing something. He's probably aggressively whittling in the corner. Uh, DM, I have a slightly meta question. So does my magic still run as normal? As it's always done? Okay. Your magic still runs completely as normal. If anything, now your boon almost seems more powerful, and you feel like you could almost push it for a point of exhaustion to to really metagame it. If you really needed to do some serious damage, you could move a hit die up by two levels instead of one by taking a point of exhaustion. But Terran will exact a heavy lap at you every time as he now runs everything that is your magic. Uh, follow-up matter question. I'm pretty sure I've asked this before, but I honestly can't remember. Does he basically see what Virion's thinking at all times now? Oh, yeah. Oh, good. That's not unsettling at all. notes for like the past half an hour of all been in capitals. Awesome. Well, then you all make your way up to the roof. Position yourself on the edge of the roof and look at each other and I guess begin to just jump off. I don't know if any of them would have noticed it because it was quite the night, but there is quite a significant messy den in the roof. I'm thinking sadly. If I get my hammer back. <laughs> Damien, you notice right away that the door is barely on its hinges at this moment. It's like just hanging on by a thread. And as you're walking up the staircase, you see your, hanger, your hammer impaled in the wall as you're walking up across the way from the door. Kind of look at Avery and I'm like, you realize the whole point of that was to alert us if an intruder came in, not for you to use this fucking target practice. <sighs> so you all now are about to dive off the roof, correct? Uh, once again, I will now tell all four of you that what Virian and Damien noticed last time coming in from the roof. The storm has increased to such epic proportions that it is sheets of rain, it is gusting winds, it is pieces of hail, and your movement speed is reduced to three feet per turn, three feet per turn per round at this moment as it is a very much huge fight to get your way through this storm. But, yes, burn the spell slot for Featherfall. What level do you have to cast it at to get all three of them? I think first, isn't it? 
I can't remember how many people you can select. It's up to five, you know, up to five living creatures. What a, what a, just a great first level spell. Yeah, awesome. First level spell slot, which you have a billion of and don't really count for much anyways. So, all four of you step to the edge of this roof, and Wyatt does a full swan dive, Jeff Hardy-style swanton bomb off of it, because he knows he's going to be fine anyways. The other three of you jump off much more respectively, where you just kind of step off and then slowly descend in the way that you don't actually slowly descend. It just doesn't take any damage, because you still go just as fast as you're supposed to. But all of you kind of superhero land on the ground outside of this building, and Wyatt lands on his back, but then rolls very masterfully up to his feet and stands in a pose in front of all of you. Lame. Uh, it was... You gotta take... Uh, what could you make? You gotta take um, fun we get it. No fun. Before we go, before we get hailed to death. Yeah. Right. Uh, but then, so you would all, I guess, begin to make your way towards the collapsed building on the Holland Drive. This will, once again, be a full day's travel. This is going to take you between 8 and 10 hours to do, so I will need a survival check from all of you. Uh, once again, that was two twelves on the die, so fucking. We did You just gotta do it. Yeah, it's twenty. Like by thirty, man. Right. The three of you, Virian, Damien, and Wyatt, trekking through this just blistering rainstorm, which. Even the rain itself, not even the hail now, the rain with the wind, how fast it's just gusting into your face, is beginning to hurt as it pelts your skin. And while not breaking, it feels like it's bruising every time it's hitting because these raindrops are just hitting at such velocity as lightning bolts and thunder just echoes constantly all around you as this supercell of a thunderstorm just keeps whipping up more and more and you can even see off in the distance you swear you see just cyclones dropping down from the clouds and ripping pieces of buildings up far off in the distance but just the actual rain just destroying all of you You all the three of you just making your way avery however just already feeling quite exhausted as you just keep trekking through this blinding rainstorm. Your body just, like, the hole in your chest seems to just feel even bigger than it is as you take a second level of exhaustion. As you all trek through this rainstorm this entire day, thankfully, you can make your way by road for the entire way so you do not have to deal with just the uncertain terrain around these roads but the rain just blistering you constantly and you finally make your way 
all the way across Muhalan Drive. And as you do, you find yourself at a huge gate. And you can see that there is a massive M on this huge gate. And as you look through this, just steel bars, each of them, you can see in front of you almost a massive, like, campus area. And I need Virian, Damien, and Avery to all make me a history check. Eighteen. Nine. Twenty-one. Damien, you just don't really notice anything as you're moving up on this. Virian, you, being from a very prestigious family, and just... Knowing a lot about the history of everything that's happened ever in Haljevic and what magic was and has been, you immediately recognize a large magical campus when you see one. And Avery, as you step to these gates, a deep dread that already this hole that is in your chest feels to get deeper and deeper as you stare and you you know these gates anywhere you've seen them a thousand times you were thrown out of these gates before and another time you fought your way into them you stand in front of the 6R Magic Academy gates as you stare into a ruined campus behind these gilded bars of this closed gate. You all stand in front of these gates. What would you like to do? I'm gonna push them. Damien, with one push, he reaches his hand out and just touches the gate. And if by magic, you see right at the M with the giant M and S combined for the 6R Magic Academy splits in half and this gate widely opens as it parts in the center and swings open inwards opening up to a huge pathway into a courtyard. Hmm. Rich people are weird. Varen almost smiles because, you know, I'd have to agree. What is it, though? You don't have these where you come from? Well, there's no university in our town. I guess that's what this looks like. Them pictures I've heard about them. But I might uh, end up here. I should have been going to one of these 
a bit later on. I was in high school still, technically. I thought it was high school last year. It's a high school. To you, 18. Oh, yes, I've got your age strangely. Why are you getting high at school? Just gentle shoulder pat, Damien. Different kind of high, buddy. Damien learnt how to read in jail. He doesn't know what any of this shit is. Love, I love the clashing of cultures, which is happening all of a sudden. Criminal background here, like, eh? 40 episodes in, culture clash. 40 episodes in, what is a high school? <laughs> I glance over for Avery. Just say that. He has, he's not even that just jiff as he's just looking at this place which shouldn't be here. Avery, you stare at all of the buildings you remember, all of them in half-ruined states. Except for, as you stare at this massive circle of buildings, which you know that the 6R Academy made, with all the different halls, they all surrounded the main hall, the giant clock tower, which is not there. You can see all of the surrounding buildings that are there. They're some of them half-ruined, but all of them there, making the large circle around what should be a huge, giant clock tower that races above all of them with a giant bell at the top. But it's not there. Uh, so, uh, what's up? How do you spell the name of this place? Because I can never remember. S-I-X-A-R So, there's lights to come up. I can't, I can't write that fast. What was it? S-I-X-A-R Like Pixar, but with a S instead of a P. Nailed it. Um, Avery sort of just like, snapping out of his trance, he'll say to the others, This is... This is the six of Academy. Who's on Haldrevik? Think so. Uh, Haldrevik? Fill me in a bit here, guys. That's where I came from. You know, like how you constantly talk about like Angel's Grove and things and stuff that only people from your world would know? I, oh, that's where you're from. You're from, you're from Sixar. Okay, right, okay. It's quite upstate, though. Normally you got to normally go pretty well again here, but I got it by chance. Okay. Good. I think I robbed someone from there once. But that where you're from what you know here. Why wow, it looks straight up 
give it a, a water that may have got through anything. Like a twist or anything. Mm -hmm. I do what? So I was trying to see if I had the exact, the exact something written down. But apparently it's nowhere on my notes. Which is annoying because I know I've written it down. This place fell thousands and thousands of years ago though. Like thousands of years before I was even born. So, you're all from the same place, but different time periods of that place. Not necessarily. How many years ago? You make me a history check. Yeah. Skipping through my notes, and I'm way back at the hospital, so I think I've gone too far. Sixteen. You know it was definitely at least in the ten thousands. I don't remember the exact amount of years, but it's over ten thousand. Somewhere in the ten thousands. There was ever a moment where Avery would have the um, internet dial up from plugging in the phone line. It's now, hearing that. To answer your question, why Avery and I are from the same time. Right. Avery is not. Right, okay. Even so, that's. Wow. Is what I'll say. <laughs> But it was still up there when you were there. Yeah? Uh, this, this place was destroyed. As I said, tens of thousands of years ago. And you wiped off a map. Yes. I was less than history. Yeah. Can I get one more history check with an advantage from you? Does the 19 allow me to know things? Virian, as you all stand here and Avery says this is where he was from, one piece of knowledge, and you don't know if it's from Terran himself at this moment, just putting it there for you, but you do flash back to a lesson long ago about the history of magic and the great attack on the 6R Academy and the destruction of the Academy as the central 
vault was pierced by some sort of great explosion. And then all of the magical academies all together deciding that you could never let this much magic be in one spot and splitting it amongst all of the different continents instead of keeping it all at one central location. When I was in an academy like this one, it's not time for that. was this Sixar Academy was attacked, and the central vault was pierced. Which, if I'm remembering correctly, it just blew the whole thing. And that, which is why magical academies tend to be spotted scattered so far and wide to avoid any kind of magical concentration in one area because it was decided something like this could never happen again which is why the one I went to was the only one on that continent Oops, Looting yourself. I'm so sorry. Inside. Can I make an arcana check with this area? See if there's anything that sticks out. Yeah, go ahead. The knowledge type is disadvantage. Uh, 13 on the dice, on the lower one. Oh no, 11, sorry, on the lower. That's what I was, the 16 version 11. So 11, 24. Avery, as you step through these gates and stand at the entrance of this courtyard and look onto all these buildings of your past, the thing you feel most is the absolute absence of any of the magic that was here so long ago. That warm, magical power that you seem to echo through all of these buildings at all times and across the green fields. All the grass here is dead. All of the buildings half in a room. You see just wreckage and other bits. The pathways, really the last remnant of this being a fully-fledged campus, but you feel no magic at all. Uh, one last question. Um, the area where Avery would have stayed, is that intact or is that there's nothing left of that? Mm-hmm. 
uh, I have now sent a picture of what the six R Academy grounds look like, as you can all see all the buildings around. Straight across Avery, you can see that the dorms still stand. You wouldn't normally be able to see them, as the central building is no longer there. But you can see the dorms stand. I will, uh, I will just say to the others that I'll catch up with you in a minute. I need to go check on something. See if it still exists. Uh, as you all step onto the grounds, can I get a perception check from all of you? Well, oh, 6 and 19. 13. What was that, Avery? 15. Damien, you immediately stepping through these gates, as you do, you feel that the rain slows down. And as you step through, you can almost see now droplets of rain descending slowly. Still hitting the ground and moving as they should, but not moving as fast as they should. Avery, Furion, Wyatt. As you step through these gates, you immediately feel an odd almost as if every hair on your body stands up it's an odd static electricity kind of just reverberates through you as you step onto these grounds and after a moment you notice that also the rain doesn't seem to be hitting you as quickly as it should Hmm. Odd. But, uh, it's top side, do you think? As Avery said to the others that he'll catch up with them in a bit, and he's going to go over to the dorm area. Sure. Uh, give me two survival checks to fight your way through this rainstorm. Uh, that's a Uh, that's a fourteen for the first, and ten for the second. You all hear Avery say, I'm going to go figure out something for myself, and begins to trod forward on this path, and as he does, you see him, like, literally fighting against as a huge, like, gust of wind comes and blows back his cloak that he is wearing. Even the cloak of billowing can't handle it. It is basically almost completely vertical as this huge gust of wind almost pushes him back a whole foot, but... 
Avery just stoically fights his way through it and kind of pulls his cloak up around his face before just muscling through and beginning to make his way across the campus. And Avery, as you make your way across this campus, you keep your way away from the clock tower completely or where it used to be, but as you make your way around in these ruined buildings, you can see some of them still stand, but many of them have fallen. As you make your way past where the clock tower used to stand, you see a huge, massive crater that is filled with water. As you see the water itself with the rain pouring down, actually creating wakes as it's kind of rocking back and forth in this huge hundred by a like 80 foot crater just of water as you pass by it, but you make your way towards the dorms. What would the other three of you like to do, though? As Avery kind of walks away, or struggles away, once he's out of earshot, I do kind of look at the other two and I'm like, Normally people who died in an attack tend to describe it. It's only when you're on the other side of it that you tend to be less open with the details. What side of the fight was Aiden? Are you suggesting that he was part of exploring it? Well, maybe inadvertently, maybe led on by the wrong people, but this isn't the reaction of someone's trauma of, like, coming back to where they were murdered. This is guilt. If he was responsible for it or whatever, it made me I know, roll the verse. Yeah, that would be hard to deal with. Well, you lot are the emotional ones. I just thought I'd give you a heads up. I'm gonna go look at this giant pool of water. Yeah, bye. Well, look at Vivian. What do you think? What should we do? Um, sorry. Vivian? You seem distracted, are you okay? <sighs> the long and short of it. Sure. I'm fine. What's this about Avery? Attacking something? Sorry, I wasn't really listening. Well, basically, Damien is accusing him of growing up being in the first place. Uh, um, I may be reading too much into that, I don't know. I don't think we put it quite that black and white, but go on. No, no. But he's, he's not able to come with the information. It feels like he's keeping something back. And normally if you are a victim, you actually this. It says maybe. It's It says maybe. But there's a possibility he genuinely doesn't know. 
Schön. No consequence on visiting him. Don't know anything about him. Aside from the fact he has a fabulous cave and a cute cat. Noted. Particular cat part. It would look to be funny again, I will shoot it. Quiet, please do not shoot the cat. The cat um, has done nothing to you. I'm joking. I try and fail. <sighs> it is still raining, it's just not hitting us as hard, correct? Correct. Uh, your movement speed has actually been brought back to normal, and Avery just fought through one gust of wind, and after he fought through that, the whole world around you kind of seemed to calm down. But there is this odd, like, kind of static electricity in the air all around you. Might be advised to get out of the rain a bit though. Um, is um, what's the nearest building for us to walk into? As uh, you stand in this courtyard, you can see two huge, long buildings. Uh, one of them, the one to the right, is almost completely burned and collapsed. The one to the left, you can see, is semi-standing. There are pieces of this, you know, two-story building that are still there, but most of it seems to also have burned down as well as you see these two huge buildings that are next to you. Lecture halls. Okay. Well, let's get out of the rain for now, shall we? Um, Wyatt points towards the left-hand building. Yeah, this one should leave you with a bit of cover. Darian's just going to follow Wyatt at this point. And then, this is the lecture hall, yes? Yep. And then when he gets in the bank, just gonna go, and for fuck's sake, it gets worse and worse around here, doesn't it? Did Wyatt hear that, or? It looks, I mean, it wasn't exactly silent, he was more muttering to himself, but probably, if it's not that noisy in here. There is no noise right now at all, besides the two of you. Yeah, hey, you have very say I swear. Hey, are you okay? I've never heard you say before. Yeah, I'm kidding. No, I just... I... I don't know. No, not particularly, but this isn't really about me. If you don't mind, I'm just going to meet here to the other side of that. Okay. I mean, if you want, we can go to our building or something. The thing is... I've been to a place like this. But all the other buildings are going to be just as bad. No disrespect, I'm sure this was a lovely campus at the moment. We were... You're manically inclined, it would make sense if... You went something similar to what Abel did. Or something. 
Maybe that wall can form the hotel with this one. You, uh, you know you're bored of hearing these stories. That's nice. I'm gonna chew some tea to go with it. Like, why it's fate like that? Lack of something else to do then, Viren will probably make them both tea. Just because he wants some kind of mindless distraction. I was reading my equipment list and I apparently still have the book of smart I stole from the hospital. So yeah. Team, the Adventures of Adam and Captain Pathmaster and his first mate. Captain Pathmaster and Captain Yeah, sure. Next episode of Blade, Captain is mysteriously murders your back alley. Please stop murdering my strippers. <laughs> There's a quote that's going in my list. <laughs> normal senses are normal. Normal senses to say during. D and J or Blades in the Dark or anything like that. But yes, Virian and Wyatt have themselves a nice little tea time in one of the dry rooms in this non-collapsed left lecture hall, sitting in the back row of a probably 80-row huge lecture hall, but completely empty and kind of everything echoing, but still more comforting than being outside. As we flash to Damien. Damien, who doesn't actually enter the lecture hall and makes their way through this now not nearly as violent storm. You can still see the lightning and everything flashing outside of this academy grounds, but somehow in here the rain seems to be falling slower and there aren't lightning bolts hitting anywhere at this time. And you make your way past these two, uh, one completely ruined lecture hall and one half-ruined lecture hall as you see Damien, or not, as you see Wyatt and Virian enter into the left one. You continue on, making your way past multiple ruined, smaller little buildings until you find yourself at the edge of this lake. And as you stand at the edge of this lake, it being a hundred foot long, 90 foot wide, and you can just see the water inside of it just sloshing about as all of this rain splashes down into it constantly, creating almost a froth on the top of this huge, massive, what, make me an inside check real quick, Damien. Uh, with a plus six, that's an 18. I just forgot where I was for a second. What was I talking about? Uh, you had me do an insight check on the water. There we go. <laughs> As you make an insight check on this water in front of you, you feel uh, 
this odd energy kind of almost kind of like pulsating off not not from the water but radiating somewhere from deep down within this however deep this water is but you can feel the energy And then I have kind of shrugged my pack like off my side and just kind of dislodge my stuff. And I'm kind of just going to go fuck it. And I'm I'm a good swimmer and I don't need to breathe. And this is a contained water source. So it's not like I'm going to get swept out to sea. So I'm going to hop in and it go a bit further down because I'm curious. Eat cat. Definitely. Um, alright. Um, let's see. Why don't you make me a survival check with advantage to see how well you can swim down? With advantage plus 19. Damien. You make your way you hop in once again almost just casually stepping off a ledge into this pit of water not caring at all as your body just drops down before turning and you begin to swim into this deep void of just inky blackness as it gets darker and darker as you're swimming down deeper and deeper you go down 20 30 40 50 feet as you get down to the 60-foot mark, you suddenly, deep down, you see an odd kind of bluish glow, almost, you think, as you keep descending farther and farther, 80, 90, 100, 120 feet down, you suddenly, your feet almost begin to hit the ground, as you can see in front of you, just a small little bluish glow that's, it's, inky black down here but you can just see in front of you a small stone almost just resonating with this bluish glow against his better judgment but he's kind of going to reach out to it almost like approaching like a startled animal Damien as you kind of tread along this deep lake bottom fighting against the immensity and even the pressure at the water at this point even a hundred feet down the pressure will change so it's a fight and it's a good thing you don't have to breathe as you move forward and this small little object that's resonating blue just you reach down and as you pick it up it doesn't do anything it keeps resonating the same blue color but as you look at it, you just see a small container. This pot of noodles. It just resonates blue over and over. This people are weird. I think. Because I can't really talk on the water. Is there any like visible 
like any ruins or anything down here. Uh, make me a perception check. Sixteen. Damien, as you hold this glowing, like, little pot of noodles in your hand, as it resonates this blue light kind of illuminating around you, your eye is caught by something as you kind of turn to your right under this water, and you see kind of sitting on the ground this something that the light kind of shines against for a second, but then also the light seems to absorb. I'm going to make my way over there using my pot of noodles as like a light underwater. I'm like an anglerfish, but with like a pot of noodles. As your little anglerfish, you make your way across this lake bottom and you reach down and you pick up this. As you grab it, you can feel it's very solid, but it also feels to be infinitely light as you pick up and it feels it's so strong. And it's metallic, but it's its like no metal or anything you've ever seen before. It's, as you try it, you can't crush it in your hand at all, but it's also infinitely light and moves through the water with ease. Yoink! Mine now. But as Damien sits at the bottom of this lake bed. Meanwhile, Avery, you make your way to the front door of the dorms. What are you looking for? Uh, well, I'm looking for two dorm rooms. Uh, yeah, so I'm looking for mine, and I'm looking for the internet is unstable. Thank you, computer, that's Yeah, so I'm looking for two dorm rooms. I'm looking for Avery's, obviously, and I'm looking for Sorel's. Sure. Um, you would obviously know where both these dorm rooms are. Uh, which one would you like to look for first? Yeah, like, I feel like so we'll go Sorrel's first, just to see if you can find an answer. If anything is even intact at this point. Avery, you make your way and you make your way down the many hallways, up a couple flights of stairs, over to the left wing where their dorm room used to be. But as you try and climb the final steps to that wing of the dorms, you realize you walk and it just stops as you stare at a blank space as the whole area of that wall has collapsed. So there's nothing left in this area. There's nothing left of the left wing where Sariel's uh, dorm room was. This whole area of the dorm has collapsed. As you walk up this staircase, you realize that while it looked all good from the front part of the dorm, 
a lot of the actual dorm has actually been destroyed. It's just the actual frontage of the building that still somehow remains standing as the entire left wing has basically been decimated all three floors. Deflated sigh, Avery is going to find his door to see if anything's intact. Avery, you make your way back down the stairs towards the right wing of the dormitories and through many stairs heading basically all the way to the top of the only still standing and honestly, you were given one of the worst dorm rooms because you weren't exactly one of the prestige students if you were. And while you shared a dorm with them, your room was small, and it was just basically right above the front entrance of the building. So making your way up the stairs, through the right wing, and making your way back towards the center column, you do find yourself in your old dorm room. Basically, as you open the door, untouched, unscathed. Anything lying around that would have he might have left any person who belongs that have survived this long? Because if there is any if there's anything he's gonna take it with him. Uh what are you uh exactly looking for? Are you digging through uh like the drawers, the dressers, are you, are you digging through everything? Are you just gonna toss the room looking for anything or are you looking for something you specifically left behind? Toss in the room, search for everything. Mostly something sentimental that would have been given to him by Sorrel or just any any sign of home, basically. They might have forgotten about when he originally had to leave. Give me a investigation check with advantage. I'm not cut the knowledge die because I have to write all this as I can on this one. Okay. Advantage is 16 plus 3 plus 9. Sorry, I've gone blank. 16, 16 plus 9 plus 3. It's 28. Avery, you looking around the room, begin to just rip everything apart, tearing apart this moth-eaten mattress that has been left here that you used to sleep in all those years ago. You kick over the nightstand and everything else. You're ripping apart your old roommate's bed, and as you flip over your old bed yourself, 
You see a loose floorboard, and with your metal arm, you grab it and rip the board away. And as you do, you see a half-moth-eaten letter folded into a heart with just an A on it. Is it still open? Or is it done? Does it feel like it will tear or kind of dust if I try and open it? As you pick up this letter, you can feel just the absolute barely held together paper just barely holding on is half of it. The the paper itself is brown and you remember to be a, a fine white crisp paper originally. Parts of the corners have kind of molded away, but you can still see the heart. It's very, very faint and very soft, but the A in the middle of it and the way it's folded, you can still hold it in your hand. Can I cast Mending on it? Yeah, you can cast Mending on it. Just want to make sure it doesn't crumble. Avery, holding this in your metal hand, you hold this heart and just a bit of some magic kind of erupts around it as kind of just this radiance. You can feel the energy in your chest kind of radiate for a second as this piece of paper kind of radiates for a second and you see the corners themselves kind of reconstruct and the paper doesn't un-yellow, but you can see that it's actually now just a full piece of paper, but it still feels very old, but it feels sturdy at this moment. Avery, you slowly unfold the letter, the heart, that you know and it says to my dearest Avery and then you see that almost everything has been even with mending itself the ink itself is long since worn away there was no ink left to be but you can make out small words such as my love how I've always cared for you sorry I I will always remember you, my dearest Avery. You can see just as the ink is kind of just run everywhere and just black smudges, but you know this was a letter written for you many years ago from Sariel. I think at this point, I think Avery's reached his limits mentally. You just sort of just collapse on onto his knees and sit down in the corner of this room and cry. Yeah, I don't need to roll for that. You see Avery just kind of holding this old piece of sturdy paper at this point with smudged writing on it just kind of falling to their knees and tears 
falling from their eyes, cascading onto this letter as the camera kind of zooms back and it comes back to a elf and a human sitting together, drinking tea, dishing, if you will, having themselves a decent time. What's up, you two? Why it would be... Why it would be, um... You know, you'll be fishing, maybe... His mother coffee. His mother too, sorry. And, um, he was like... Turn it around, like... How do you get this? He's trying to change the subject rather than asking, asking why does this whole thing in particular freak you out. So I avoid that question. Ernst been staring at the book for a while but not really reading it. Oh. Just to think about it for a minute. I'm not really sure. I suppose practice would just be the honest answer. Okay, that's fair enough. It's where I come from. People don't really drink. Well, people do drink coffee. But tea is a lot more common, so you learn to grow it from your age. It's just the norm now. I was never, never able to get on with coffee, so I used to spend more time learning different brewing methods. Nice. Uh. Okay. Can I get a perception check from both of you, please? Six thirty twenty. Wyatt, you're completely wrapped up in this conversation about tea as you stare at Virian talking. Virian, as you're kind of just kind of lost and staring at this book, not reading it, and just kind of talking to Wyatt vaguely about tea, you happen to kind of glance and something captures your peripheral vision a flash of green as you kind of look up and you look to your left and you see standing 40 seats down at the top of the lecture hall tam well it looks like tam at least as you see them standing there and they look you dead in the eye, staring at you. And the brown eyes suddenly glow red for a second as the head tilts. And it gives you a smile. And can I get dexterity saving throws from both of you, please? Oh boy. <laughs> Next thing, okay, that's too much about that. It's 18 plus 5 numbers. 23. There's no yet. Normal decks. Deck save, yeah. Okay, and that is 17. Virian, 
as you stare and the head kind of crooks on the Taminator and they smile with glowing red eyes. You get one second to look at Wyatt and before you can say anything, you feel the ground beneath your feet and these seats begin to rumble as this whole lecture hall begins to shake violently and you hear a electronic robotic elephant trumpet echo through as you suddenly feel the entire lecture hall shaking even harder and you see pieces of the wall begin to crumble down as the rumbling in the ground gets even harder and suddenly through the wall busts a 10 foot wide armor covered mechanical elephant looking creature that with rockets on its back that smashes through the wall decimating this entire wall as this lecture hall literally crumbles around you and Wyatt you will take you will take 10 points of bludgeoning damage Virian you will take 5 as the seats below you literally crumble and the walls begin to collapse in. Yes, Wyatt, you take half damage because of your boon. Yeah, make, make sure I have it right in my head. As the walls begin to collapse around you and this huge mechanical elephant monstrosity machine crashes through these walls, I will need you all droll initiative. But that is something that we will handle next time on Escape from Wolf Farm. Goodbye. Thank you to everybody for listening to this episode of uh, of Dungeons and Junkies. Um, we'll go on the table now and um, just give our social information. And we'll start with Chad. Hello, I'm Chad, and today I played insert name here and i had a very wonderful time doing it i hope you enjoyed me playing insert name here if you would like to hear me on any other podcast check me out on visionaries global media and of course you want to follow me on twitter you can do so at chad's underscore mind or at vftr 2 p0 always a good time Caitlin, what up mortals I'm Caitlin. Uh, I've I've been here. <laughs> That's my. I run a separate TTRPG podcast featuring all of these wonderful lot called Dice and Suffering. It's where my D and D campaign is. It's also where we play Blades in the Dark, featuring clowns and hookers and lasagna. And no, none of that makes sense. It barely makes sense to me, and I, I listen to it. I also write articles about games and mental health on themindgame.org. Woo. End transmission. Kerry. Hello, I'm Kerry. Like everyone else here, I don't really have any big projects going on. I'm just the one they kind of can't get rid of. Anyway, I'm Shira Beans on Twitter, where I lurk a lot and post very little. But I also get to supervise the Dungeons and Junkies art Instagram, which is just Dungeon Junkies on Instagram. Goodbye. See you later. Alex. Yes, I am Alex, and I play insert name here as to copy Chaz's trend because that was a pretty cool trend. Uh, you can find me at Spiderbread UK on Twitter. You can find our main show at Game Junkies Pod, and you can find this ever-growing collection of Dungeons and Dragons content on Dungeons and Junkies. 
indeed. You can find me at Mattat UK. Thank you again to everybody for listening. Thank you, everybody who's playing. And uh, we're out of here. This podcast was brought to you by me, Chad, in conjunction with Visionaries Global Media and Mad Attack Productions.